Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I regret to report that both our Jedi Order and the Republic have fallen, with the dark shadow of the Empire rising to take their place. This message is a warning and a reminder for any surviving Jedi. Trust in the Force. They've outgrown their age of rebellion, dull the Empire's edge. Defeated Imperial generals and the Pirate Queen's dredge. They've been soldiers and scoundrels, what's there left to be? How about lost life looking for their force and destiny? There's a seer, hermit, investigator, and teacher better watch your back or vibe or rings gonna reach you. Will this team find the light or will darkness win the day? Find out with the heroes of the Hadian way. Previously on Heroes of the Hydean Way. Wearied by their adventures, Skip, Koba, Cash, and Hillary head toward the Dropview Cantina, wanting little more than a moment's peace and good meal. Though walking in the light side of Jorah once more, their minds are cast in shadow by the myriad questions they have found on Cadonomoidia. Why are they being stalked and taunted by this nameless force apparition? Will their brief run-in with the local color come back to bite them? Can they find the crystal that called them here? Sight of the cantina lightens their hearts, but will it be rest that they find within? Join them this week as they see a familiar face. Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a Star Wars actual play podcast, and we're playing in Fancy Flight Games' Force and Destiny system using the Chronicles of the Gatekeeper Adventure as developed by Tim Cox and Max Brook. This is Act 2, Episode 9, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. I'm Koba. I'm Doug Investigator, and uh, I'm trying kind of a different musical style, so, uh, Hillary, drop a beat. Uh, no. First of all, <laughs> I lead on the stage. Second of all, I don't do percussion. That's somebody else. I am Hillary, the Alina teacher. I'll sing for you. But I don't drop beats. What about you, Cash? Well, I do have this nice stick, so I could. It's not really in my wheelhouse. And uh, I'm Kesh, the Trindoshan Mystic Seer. Uh, what about you, Skip? Do you have any musical talents we don't know about? Uh, I don't think so. I I didn't realize we were talking about music. I Wait a minute. So was that a short joke? For, I'm, because I. Well, so if if Hillary drops the thing, it might not break because Hillary's so short. But then it might break. It's a euphemism, Skip, for for uh, creating a rhythm for others to use for their own creative projects. Dropping a beat is supplying a rhythm. Or something like that. I don't know. I'm kind of fuzzy on this youthful language. I guess I don't really have any musical anything then. I, I mean, I don't really think that music is really all that big a deal. And you know where I'm from. <gasps> I I mean, because, you know, I'm a, you know, Claren and all, but. Music's not a big deal. It's just. I, I mean, it's just. Skip, you and I need to have a conversation. I don't understand. It just kind of adds to the, you know, huge collective noise of cities and oh. things oh, it's, it's a language I mean, it's an art and a language it, you, we're in the, the city right now and that's I mean does that not bother you that's really obnoxious uh, okay not all okay a, a fair point I will conversation later I always feel weird when I can't hear the music <laughs> does that mean I'm... you're gonna sing no it's not that kind of music I don't really understand music, I guess. Don't, don't any of you feel weird when you can't hear the music? Why are you all looking at me like... Were, were you once struck violently about the head? Car- carry on, disembodied voice. I think I just dropped the beat on Koba. I think he's broken. Oh, no, no, that, that, that's a mic drop. <laughs> to learn more about our heroes, we get one to ask another a question. It is now Kesh's turn. Skip. I, I see uh, on occasion you reward Gudge with something you refer to as, as just Gudge snacks. So I was curious, what are they made of? 
oh, all right, well, that's kind of funny. Uh, so there's this special kind of iridescent shrimp that we could only get on the, uh, you know, the swampy areas of this one planet that we were on. Actually, uh-huh. I forgot the name of what planet it was. So it's really pretty special. But I skimmed a whole bunch off the top of this thing, and they're there are you know they're kind of you know brined and and dried out now. Uh, and then I added some duckweed from this other lake and you know just uh, you know give it a little bit of filler material anyway uh, so it's it's basically what i call you know gunchnecks because it's sort of you know like a, like a trail mix but for starfrays can can non-starfrays try them well they're pretty small and i don't have that many left oh, okay. will you do a trick for it why i <laughs> <laughs> You can see Cash stopping and thinking hard about this for a moment. No, no, I don't want I don't want to try it that badly. Are you sure? That one's worked with this outfit that had this Shastaven in that wouldn't really do anything without being offered a culinary compensation. They usually got their man. Uh, well, I'm well, I'm not that kind of person. Besides, most of uh, most of my tricks involve, uh, well, things that tend to attract attention to us. So, <laughs> don't worry, Gudge. Don't worry. I won't let Cash take your food. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I could really right. go for some shrimp now. You know that does sound really nice. Do they have seafood on Cato Neboidia? I mean, there's an ocean below us, right? Is there? I've not looked. I've. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dry now, though. They're like like chips. I, I don't want to eat them. Oh, shrimp chips! Those are wonderful. Okay, okay. I, I'm gonna figure a trick out, and I'm gonna get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to try too. Well, you, you you can do tricks. You can flip and dance and all that stuff. I'm not that <laughs> flexible or nimble anymore, Hillary. We can make this work. We'll we'll do a trick together. <laughs> the camera picks up, looking at a boulevard on the bridge city of Jorup on Katonamoidia. From far away, you can see stalls on either side. You can hear someone yelling out, Tip yip, get your tip yip here. And a couple, like, braised tip yip places. Going past another cart that's doing smoked kadu ribs. Then it comes to the railing that looks out over the mist. You can see some rocky arches off in the distance. You can even see, like, the next town over. Well, city, and it's still a hundred kilometers away. It's just big enough that you can see it sort of faint in the mist. There you can see a Gagorin in their tall white hair. Like, Gagorins are pretty hairy. Aren't they fabulous? I love them. Oh. They has a breath mask on. Otherwise, like, just a brandelier standing there and it looks like they're having a large argument with a Nemoidian with a beige hat that just sort of opens a bit more towards the top and some of an older gentleman who seems to be out walking his puffer pig that seems to have a small backpack on the puffer pig. You can see that's getting animated. The Gagorin has their arms sort of up and the Nemoidians sort of cowering back a little bit. The only thing that you can really hear afterwards is this highly modulated one week. No, I can't do it. No. At which point you see the Gagorin almost bullrush this Nemoidian, sending both him and the Nemoidian off over the railing. Wubba who? Like, into the voidy nothingness? Yes. That's a really crappy railing. <laughs> well, uh, railings are all that good in Star Wars. Also, railing is only, say, about four feet tall. The Gregorian. Okay, they're big. 
They're biggins, yeah. Yeah. They're... Okay, so is this an abstract scene, or is this a thing that our party is witnessing? Yeah. This is something your party is witnessing. Okay. It... So, an argument, Gagorin knocks the Nemoidian, and they both fall? Just the Nemoidian falls over. Just the Nemoidian falls. Looking over the the railing, so if the Nemoidian is falling into the void, is there any, like, a walkway or something down below that might be nearby-ish if, you know, maybe the Nemoidian got a little, you know, maybe a little bit of wind hit the Nemoidian, you know, something just happened to push them towards... Uh... As you're looking over the side, okay. and however many of you are, you hear this, boom, and a few moments later, you see this expanded ball of a puffer pig come into view as it slowly <laughs> rises up around where the head is you can see how the backpack itself is stretched out you can see a little cannula from the backpack going to the puffer pig's nostril there hanging by the leash is the nemoidian they said one week and he Floats off over your head. Okay, Hillary, I just had an amazing idea to make you feel more comfortable about the possibility of falling. Hillary's busy throwing up in a nearby trash can. You're you're gonna you're gonna have to get back to him because <sighs> he just watched somebody, uh, as far as he knows, plummet horribly to their demise. Fortunately, he doesn't have any hair that needs held back. Okay, you know what? I agree with uh, Skip. Cities are weird. Hillary, I told you you shouldn't eat any of Gudge's snacks. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna kind of it's he's he's like the same height as the trash can, maybe a little taller. So he actually was standing on a a bench. So he's gonna kind of rock back and then sit down and kind of go. Oh, I, oh just we need to get out of here. This place is horrible. Just plummeted over the it, edge. It's it, it's the they're okay. Falling into the nothingness. They're 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 okay, Hillary. But how are they okay? I'm gonna point to where the puffer pig is now in the distance. <laughs> what in the criff? Excuse me. Pardon my language. But what? You know, I think it's time for that drink. Are puffer pigs usually lighter than air? Hillary, I think you might have forgotten that we're kind of space wizards now. I don't think Gash did that. I did not do that. You didn't do that? <laughs> uh, no, no, that just happened. This place is really weird. Okay. Yes, can we go inside now? Where would I even... How would I make a puffer pig? I don't know. Do you think it's a prize-winning puffer pig? You, you don't know what a puffer pig is, but you've heard of prize-winning puffer pigs? I know what a puffer pig is. Or rather, you're surprised to see a puffer pig floating. But, but you... do they usually float? I know they inflate, but are they typically uh, lighter than air? They bounce pretty good. Yeah. It's not an uncommon puffer pig thing to do. Well, you know, when you threw those death sticks over the edge, they kind of, you know, ended up coming back. Maybe everything just floats down here. And it's at that point where you see a orange land speeder coming by. It's an open top one with the windscreen type. There on the driver's side is this green furred being that looks to be fairly tall, somewhat generally thick, and... Beyond the green fur, the truly distinguishing thing is a fairly large horn-like nose. They've got their arm over the one side, their hand up at like the 12 or 1 o'clock position on the controls, and they're going down and they're talking. Their passenger is this very hair stude. Kind of reminds you of the Gagorin that is just walking off, but completely, utterly orange with this weird plastic hat. And... Both of them have giant, giant eyes. I got nothing. Do any of us recognize them? No. Okay. Cash. Yes. Drinks. Yes. 
Wait a minute. I think I know what I'm going to order this time. Hey, no. Hillary. What? Are they from a circus? Oh, good golly. I told you I wasn't on my game, but I like it. I don't want to meet those people. Yeah, I, I like, look at those eyes. I just, <laughs> they're just dead inside. You're all going to have to pull Skip towards you because Skip's going to okay. start walking towards them. <laughs> oh, okay, Gra- grab Skip by the back of their uh, backpack with a yeah! cybernet- cybernetic arm and just kind of pull pull back. Come on, we got places to be. Skip just calls in their direction. What, what time is your circus? I think they're in for sports. Oh. But still, it could be a show. <laughs> All right, let's get walking. A short while later, you approach the drop view cantina. Inside, you can see customers there. A couple of Nomadians in behind the bar. Koba's contact. This is the next day, so... Yeah, the the contact has changed clothes, but otherwise, you're not entirely certain whether they've moved or not. If it wasn't that they had changed clothes. That's impressive, because we haven't changed clothes. I, I, yeah, uh, how many how many weeks or days has it been? <laughs> Actually, technically, Cash did have an outfit change, so I'm good between the acts. <laughs> Let's say, as long as uh, he has access to his clothing... Hillary will cycle through as best you can. Okay. He might be a traveler, but he's not an adventurer. That's why he has a trunk. <laughs> Phileas is the contact, right? Is that why I have that written down somewhere? Yes. Okay. You've got Phileas in the back there. Then, as the four of you cross the threshold, like the doors swoosh open into either side, because they're more like, I don't know, supermarket doors than anything... You walk in, and like before you step through the doors, you could hear the din of a not exactly lively cantina, but like a friendly decent one. It's like midday, so not a huge amount of regulars are there. As soon as you step in, the din of the outside goes away, and the din of the inside goes away, and all you can hear is like little background music for the place, and nothing else. Except for one person uh, apparently cleaning a glass behind the bar with her back turned to you. This is Sorry. giving me kind of the sense of the uh, the void we were just recently visiting. Sort of that, like, step away from reality. That's fair. Okay. Do we have numbers floating over our heads? Oh, no, not again. <laughs> Why, yes. Yes, you do. Oh, no. Uh, please tell me if there are still drinks behind that counter. Cash is going to say as she walks over to the bar and towards the figure that's cleaning the glass. As you step up to the bar, you can see behind it, as he turns around, a human that still looks to be dressed as a barkeep, not so much as how you last saw him, but yeah, dressed as a barkeep, and there is Walther. Hello, my friends. Uh, Kesh reaches up and sort of uh, s- like scratches at her uh, shoulder of her her right arm and says, uh, "Hello again." It is a wonderful time to check in with all of you. I've been following your adventures with great interest. Well, that's a little weird, but okay. Sometimes you have to get your entertainment where you can. And you are very interesting to follow for people. For for people or just you? <laughs> people. You're for people. You're very interesting to follow. Oh, oh, I, I see. Four, four people, like the number, not four F-O-R, I understand. Uh, yes, basic is a very... It's very inelegant. Yes, yes yeah. it is. Is there anything I could get you while we're here? Yes. 
You know how sometimes when, you know, you have bars and things, and there's some of the bottles of, you know, the stuff tastes gross, but in the bottle, there are worms. Where do you keep the worms? Can I have some of the worms? Without the liquid. They're typically part of the the beverage itself. They don't just have cocktail worms in a jar, typically. Okay, well, if one of you gets one of the drinks with the worms, can I just eat the worm? I think we can manage that. Alright. I want a worm drink for my friend Hillary here. Extra worms. I want a snack. You could see if they have a snack menu. He offered. Uh, Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I was hoping for a high station iced tea. Absolutely. You got any uh, Durin fire back there? Mm. Let me see. Clinks around under the barn. Oh yes, I've got enough here for that. And starts mixing drinks. Skip Uh, is looking, looking at the menu. Cash's drink literally glows. <laughs> nice. What's a what's a fuzzy tauntaun? Does that have bugs in it? Uh, no, but I can. They're pretty good. If you want, I can get you a few snacks. All right. Maybe even some mix for your friend there. And then just from under the bar pulls up a smallish bowl of what you'd pretty much call gudge mix. And also... Freeze-dried iridescent shrimp. <laughs> also a small shrimp plate. I'll just uh, take some of these shrimp. <laughs> Cash, I believe those were for Gudge. Cash looks at you. Continues sliding the bowl towards her. <laughs> uh, Hillary will take one before it gets out of reach. Mm. Yeah, she'll, she'll take some and then, then I'll pass the bowl back. When the bowl gets passed to Skip... There's just a quick moment where, if you're really paying attention, you'll see that Skip has opened one of the pockets of their new Hillary backpack and just flipped like half the bowl's contents into the pocket, just sets the bowl back down. Okay, we have to go through that bag at some point and make Wash use it. of what's in there before things begin to rot. Then Walther's there with a rag in hand polishing the back side of the bar top. Is there anything that I can get for you, Koba? No, I'm good, thanks. Okay. As I said, I seem to have developed a few questions that I kind of would like to ask if it doesn't bother you much. Do we have to, or can we just roll the funny shaped (laughs) rock and then call it good? Well... I don't know if you're going to get the math rock if you don't answer the questions, but oh, you know. Okay, fair, fair enough. Kobo would like to. Are you are you going to sense Walther? No. Okay. Skip's going to lean in to Walther. Koba probably does want something, but I think that Koba is happier when Koba feels put out. So, I'm sure if you put a drink or something near Koba, it might get drunk. Hmm. I like what you were thinking. The the funny thing is then they both get drunk. Leaves a rag in place, goes under the bar, comes up and puts a glass in front of Koba and a a bottle of semi-opaque green liquid. (laughs) Ecto-cooler? Yes. Well, you have all made such interesting choices since I last saw you. Such as... A friend Kesh here. You seem to have taken such a keen interest in the protection of your team since I last saw you, especially in the travels through the Undercity. How has this protection become different from what you've shown before on Arbuin? Well, when we went to Arbuin, we were still mostly strangers who happened to be traveling together. We didn't know a lot about one another or a lot about our quest. And s- since last time we spoke, I also met this other Trindoshan named uh, Skier, and he helped to show me that 
that we are a team, that the four of us are each bringing something to the table. And I guess that's what's made me more, feel more protective, more attached even. They are my crew or what passes for my clan at the moment. So I will do everything I can to protect them. That is wonderful to hear. Mm. And my friend Hillary, you seem to have been forced to overcome a great many external fears of late, especially with your trek through the Undercity. How has this changed your view of the dangers that you face on this quest? I would say perhaps that it crystallized them in a way that is different from before. Uh, true, on our ruin, the, the Empire was present, but the, the planet was still largely itself. In the Undercity, you could see what war does to a location, what, what war does to homes. And it's an awareness, I suppose, of, of the darkness and the personal level upon which it can invade a life. Or a reminder, I guess. It most certainly can be, yes. And you, dear Skippington. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely zero problems with the fact that you apparently know exactly what's going on with us and have been watching us the entire time. I assume it's a metaphor, uh, and one of us is, uh, or all of us are currently swept away by some sort of metaphysical state. I think I just saved all my sass for that other guy that we kind of super sassed oh. a little while ago. Oh. oh, I don't like him. Anyway, yes, I am Lord High Lord Skippington. Good no, you are not yet. <laughs> we discussed this, Skip. Do you want any more shrimp? Lord Skippington, yes. Lord High Lord, not there yet. I'll go drink my drink. Excuse me. Skip has their their hands on their hips, trying to look all tall. Yes, you are technically higher than me, but that's just a moot point. It's not pertinent to this conversation. Lord High Space Lord Skippington, here at your service. You don't need to say the space. Um, oh, space lore. You've been contributing to the group's planning a lot more since we last talked. How have you been finding it to give these ideas with the imposing figures of Kesh and the slyness of Koba? Uh, well... The problem is that they're they're so smart, you know? And and they've definitely seen a lot of things. So it's you know, but not it's... in the talent sense. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean so so it's 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 difficult to sort of get ideas that they'll listen to. But I mean ultimately the, the problem is that when, when beings get really old, they they don't think that younger people should be able to make decisions. So, even though, hypothetically, they also don't let you get through your question without interruptions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not actually mad. So, so, I mean, so even though you might actually be right about a strategy that you might want to take, or, you know, about what you should be doing in a situation, it's probably better to maybe stay quiet or at least you know be patient with the older folks because you know it's a changing world and they're not used to not always being right so so i suppose it's really just been kind of a matter of learning how to sort of you know push in and say hey i think i actually kind of might have a good idea about what to do here uh you know without threatening their pride because ultimately you know everyone's getting really old and sometimes your pride is you know, kind of all you have left in some cases. I mean, not for them, that's not what I'm saying. But you just have to be gentle about it, I guess. Oh, that makes a great amount of sense. It seems like your Doug friend has 
disappeared. That is a bit surprising. Well, we are space wizards now. Maybe he learned some sort of invisibility spell. That is a most certain possibility. That was kind of a joke. But maybe that's true. Koba shall dramatically (laughs) resurface behind the bar with his gun sort of just pressed a bit into Walther's back. (laughs) All right, look. I don't don't want to hear any more questions from you until you give us some answers. Oh, like what? What are you? What are these numbers over our heads? Is this some kind of (sighs) cosmic balance sheet? Is the force actually just a system for, I don't know, mathematically determining the course of fate, emotions, events? It is an abstraction that it allows for an easier understanding. Is it a very coarse understanding? Yes. But it can seem to be more useful when people are dealing with such hectic things such as you are and seeing when the tipping point of when they become too inward focused as opposed to being part of the galaxy as a whole. I and others like me have found these numbers and these check-ins to be useful as a guide and a signpost for the way that people such as you are. As your friend Skippington there said, you're space wizards now, Koba, and it's one of those things of making sure that space wizards understand the import of being space wizards. Skip's gonna lean into Hillary. I wonder if he has his fancy science friend to explain this stuff to Koba again. I don't know. I last saw them on Arbuin and there was a documentary that was getting set up. I'm not entirely certain. Yeah, I didn't buy that then. I don't buy it now. All of this is not smoke and mirrors. I recognize a scam when I see it. You're not quite that. Why, thank you. Koba's going to... Since his gun's a revolver, I assume that it has some kind of hammer he can conveniently tuck back. So he's going to do that. So there's a, a you know nice loud click of the gun is ready to shoot now. And then he's going to sense Walter and see if that seems to alarm him. Okay, you tell me. <laughs> I mean, if, if you don't want to do this, we can not do this. Well, no, um, it's more you're the one who rolled the two dark side points. Yeah, I rolled two <laughs> dark side points. Uh, I am absolutely going to... I only need one to get emotions, so I will flip a point, suffer a strain, and add a conflict to sense Walter's emotional state. You're going to find that he is still pretty calm. That, yes, you do have a slug thrower poised at, I'm guessing, just under his ribs. And, yeah, he still seems to be pretty calm about things. After a moment, Koba will... He's going to put his gun away. Alright. He, he was bluffing. Walther clearly didn't care. Uh, that in itself is information. What do you mean when you say people like you? You see, there are the rare ones like me who see the strings that each different force user has and tries to make sure that the users know how connected they are. Some, like a distant cousin of mine, the Bendu, they try and retreat and just shove everything out, but in my case, it is much more fulfilling 
to ensure that people understand where they are. I have followed groups who have become so selfish that they darken the sky. And I've been with others who are still talked about to these days on certain worlds as shining examples of what you're to do. But if I don't take an interest in what people such as yourselves do, then I am consigning the galaxy to darkness and chaos. And the rest of you are just gonna be okay with this? This doesn't alarm any of you? Being watched, being studied. That was already being done anyway. Besides, I'm a lot more comfortable with our bartender friend here than our creeper from before. Uh, yes. That one. Lost less, to the dark, Less comfortable now. Are you friends? Oh, no. No, 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 no. He is one that has shadowed himself off from a great many people. Lost to his own paranoia. She has many different kinds of agents. The scorekeeper, that is. That's what all this is. You see, Koba. And all of us do runs through dark places. I mean, even you, Koba. You've set that spice dealer that you had such a recent encounter with up as an informant as best as you can here in Catonomodia. Have you used informants like this in the past? And would you expect Jando to provide useful information to you in the future? This wasn't exactly my first encounter with someone like her. I know some people, you can coerce them into being a little helpful. They would rather play it safe and not risk that you can follow up with your threats. Others, well, the fact that they think that they can outthink you, but they think they've successfully deceived you, can sometimes be an asset as well. I don't know which she is, but either way, maybe she'll help, maybe she won't. The impossibilities of seeing a hard future is one of the problems that Force users such as yourselves have had for a great many years. In fact, I've never known anyone who truly sees everything about a situation. You, Cash. Speaking of the future and what the immediacy shall be, you've started to help a boy and his father try and leave a swoop gang. Since some of these swoop gangs can be very particular to how people leave, how do you plan on dealing with making the least wrong choice with this? Well, that's complicated, Walther. The way I tend to view it is acting based on what I know in the moment. Honestly, in situations like that, I just act based on the information I have at the time. It was easy enough to ignore Tan's situation when I didn't know what was about to happen. And then I looked and I saw the the threat, the aggression of Jenda that I, I had to do something. And I'll admit, my first impulse was to knock her over the railing. But, well, I didn't have to. I didn't have to kill her. So I didn't. I took the quickest path to disarm her, to disarm the situation. Then that gave me the opportunity to learn more and then to make new decisions based on that. For what it's worth, I hope it works out. But I know that people are complicated. (laughs) 
and making the right choice is equally so. I see, I see. Hopefully that made some degree of sense. <laughs> hmm. It does. Though I do also wonder about your traveling companion, Hillary. I mean, Hillary, back on Arboing, you eschewed violence, yet in two out of the three encounters here on Jora, you've taken prompt actions that could lead to drastic long-term effects. How much of this is what's good for the moment, or is that even a consideration of what happens in the long term? Well, I will be the first to admit I'm not always good beyond the moment. I will say that here on Jora, uh, we've had very different encounters than before. In a way, both less and more so uh, were they clearly delineated. With the droids, oh, they're droids. They're, they're war droids. They're just left there. And they were going to attack us one way or the other. So it's like, I feel as though I did not act out of line. They weren't defending anything but garbage. And we were at risk. I, I'm not sure what you mean by two. The first being in the fight with the droids, not the fighting with the droids per se, but the attempt to light the building on fire. If it wasn't for the quick action of those same battle droids, there's a great chance that the building that you were in would catch fire and who knows how that could have gone. And another is the quick disarming of the young Nemoidian taking away the death sticks that he had, allowing him not even to present them back as a tribute on his way out. The explosion wasn't that terrifying. It would have been fine. As, as for the death sticks, the fewer that are in the world, the better. Uh, that is all Hillary is going to say about the death yeah, sticks, by no, the way. Fair. So... He has opinions about drugs. Stimulants legalized and otherwise. Hmm. I can understand where you are coming from there, Hillary. Though, maybe some of the choices aren't ones that I would necessarily think of. They're definitely choices, and you have definitely made them. But the grayness, the darkness that you talk of, of the general city, it does seem like something that... Our experienced friend here of Koba has dealt with. Now that you all have been moving in the shadowy world of crime for Catanamoidia, Koba, how has your past investigations prepared you for dealing with a world divided between the Imperials and a seemingly huge crime syndicate like the White Scar Syndicate? That's just about every planet in the galaxy. We don't, they don't visit very many that aren't that way. Every planet has at least a few powerful factions. Usually uh, something governmental and something less so. Here it's the Empire and the White Scar Syndicate. Other places, the Empire and a particularly large rebel cell some places it's multiple crime syndicates at once, huts or something. They're all trying to jockey for power. Things are no different here. The trick is just keeping an eye on the people caught in the middle, where their loyalties lie, and how those loyalties can be manipulated. Uh. I know well enough that we shouldn't spend much time on this planet if we can help it. Agreed. The path that you follow is not one that leads to much light. At least not initially. If the four of you are successful, 
the galaxy itself shall be much, much safer. But it will take each and every one of you to become protectors of each other in the galaxy. And you, Skip. Mm-hmm. You have become an integral part of the team. Helping with battle droids in the Undertower, following Koba's lead with the extraction of the safe for Kuto Jaral, and even helping Hillary with the injured when the turbolift lift rose through the floor of that cafe. How has it felt for an admitted wanderer and hermit to be part of a collective that is trying to help people and find supposed dark knowledge? At which point, yeah, when he says dark knowledge, it actually does seem to have a dark light come over him and then go away. Skip kind of scrunches up there, a lack of nose. At that, there's a brief pause. Well, uh, I mean, that's kind of a two-part question, really, because, I I mean, as for the first part, I mean, well, the nice thing is, is that I'm still wandering. It's not admitted wander, I'm... Still wandering. We're not staying in one spot. You know? And... The thing about me is... I I would never be happy living with a ton of people. You know? Like... Crowded, freeze-dried shrimp in a... Tiny sack. Uh, I, I I just couldn't handle that much pressure to constantly socialize. But... You know, just... Just three friends. In a pretty big ship for four people is an acceptable way of living. Uh, I... I mean, right now, I'm obviously a little uncomfortable because there's just so many people around us and they're all so noisy with all their music and their honking and their train noises. And really, I am more comfortable you know, having an adventure and moving on. But we're gonna move on soon. So, so I know that even though I've got that itchy wanting to move on feeling, that we're doing that soon. But, uh, in terms of your really, really creepy way that you said dark knowledge, um, like I said before, I really don't think the knowledge is dark. Everyone has such an emphasis on whether or not these wizard powers are good or bad or light or dark. And and Skip kind of does this little, like, swiveling back and forth thing to emphasize the the binaries of, of this proposition. But I don't think anyone has the right of it. We'll just see how it goes. And yes, yes, we most certainly shall. See which way the directions go. And with that, that does make me wonder, think about some of the more personal actions of being in tune with the Force and the gift that one might see. Does bring me uh, to a question that I've been wondering. Now, Kesh, you've recently had some time with the essence of Skier, and like him, you've also lost a limb in the course of your journey. How does your cybernetic limb feel now that you're accessing your gift? As Walter asks this question, we can see uh, Kesh is actually kind of like try to get like a claw underneath like the armor plate uh like the the pauldron around that uh that shoulder and is scratching at it again mostly it itches lately it's i don't know it's been bothering me a little bit more i guess um i didn't really give it much thought for a long time but (sighs) what are you getting at here what does uh what does my mechno arm have to do with the gift. It is accessing the gift through the use of your cybernetic arm. It is not entirely rare, but for a Trandoshan such as you to choose a cybernetic arm, it is a ponderance that I had had. It is, seems unique. Well, at the time when I lost uh, this arm, I was already older, regeneration was slowing down, and I didn't have time to wait for it to come back. 
And now, I'm not even sure it, it could, but she scratches again. <sighs> then again, maybe, maybe it's trying to heal. Fascinating. Pardon me, Hillary, but I do have one question about the gift, the force, depending on how you want to call it. With what you've seen for the scars that the war has still left on this city, from the broken down undercity to the lack of prompt medical attention, even the flagrant criminality. How do you focus on healing those around you with causing, without causing more harm? I suppose you could look at the fact that I've already established uh, I'm not very good at looking at the big picture, the long run, all that gibberish. Um, I'm much better at looking at what is in front of me. And I can't fight. And I can't influence, and I can't win, I can help. And if helping a person get better is what I can do, it's what I'm going to do. If, I, if helping a person to smile is what I can do, it's what I'm going to do. It's just the job in front of me. That is very noble. Skip. Mm-hmm. You've been growing and using the Force and doing so in a much, much more controlled and impressive ways. Controlling natural objects and the like. How are you finding being more in tune with the places that you inhabit? Well, that's kind of interesting, right? So, introspection and me have always kind of had a bit of a distant relationship and a little bit delayed reaction sort of thing. But I guess, and I've been thinking about this in my in my thinking cave. You know, that's in my that's in our spaceship. It's not really a cave because we don't really have cave material there, but it's 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 kind of a blanket for it. But anyway, my thinking cave. Anyway, so I guess if I really think about it, I always knew I could do stuff like that, but I didn't know it was anything specific or special or magical or wizardy. I I mean for example, so you know, sometimes when I was wandering and I didn't really have, like, a specific place to go, and, like, I really wanted a nap or something, I would, you know, be thinking to myself, gosh, I really wish that, you know, there were those nice, like, hanging vines, and then I could make a little hammock out of it and take a nap, and then I would turn around and there would be the hanging vines. And then I'd be like, wow, Skip, you're a really lucky, lucky, lucky little Claire in there, you. And I'd take a nap, but I wouldn't think anything of it. And then there was this other time... Right after I got cut, that I was thinking to myself, gosh, you know what I really want right now? A nice soggy cave. And then I looked over and there was this perfect cave. It looked like it had just been carved out of this rock and it was perfect and I took a nap. It was great. And I didn't think anything about it. And I think, I think, I think I just realized in my thinking cave, this story has a lot of caves. In my thinking cave. That I might have done that. With my weird space magic. Anyway, so I guess the moral of the story is that I think that I've always been in tune. Uh, and now I just know that I have more control over it and can therefore, going forward, do even cooler stuff. Did you see the wall I made? Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yes, both walls were cool. That's right, I made two walls! Skip is just looking off into the distance, seemingly very proud of himself. And you, Copa, trying to be as calming as he has been. Of all the heroes, you've been the, you've been the one to start using your melee weapon more. How has the feeling of the force flowing through you while you use this training weapon been for you? Useful. I see. I can tell you want more of an answer. Uh, 
I just find it easier to keep track of where everything is than I used to be able to. I've been in my share of fights. And they can be pretty chaotic. Especially melee brawls, but somehow I can just feel it. When the next punch might come, who's pulling on a blaster? Which way my opponent's going to try to dodge? It's hard to describe. For someone as experienced as you, it must be a great help. Well, we haven't had a lot of situations that I'd be bad for, but I suppose it's been useful. As Koba finishes answering, a chime behind Walther sounds and it's like, Oh, yes. Wonderful. One moment, I'll be right back. There's a door off to the side with a draped curtain over it. He pushes that to the side, and in behind you can see the kitchen of the cantina. About five, maybe ten seconds later, he comes back through with four plates of food and a cup. Looks to be like one of those 80s plastic, sort of pebbled clear plastic cups that would be at, like, the buffet places. And it seems to have some stuff in it. Sitting down in front of each of you, a portion of Ronto wraps. Then taking the cup and flipping it over, pulling it up, and there stacked one on top of each other is four ten-sided polyhedrals. Math rocks. And he sets down the cup. I suppose this is our reward or something like it. It is part of the signposts. There are the signposts again. At least you're not smug. Hmm. Do, do we get to eat before we have to roll? You can roll before, after. It is up to you. The food shall not disappear at Oof. any point other than into you. I like to think that when you ask that, Skip already has like a handful of the food and it's it's almost at their mouth when you ask and they just stop and wait for the answer. <laughs> well, at least your first impulse wasn't to put it in your bag. <laughs> you didn't see where the other hand was. <laughs> no, just kidding. All right. Who shall go first? Four. Whatever that means. Uh, well, how much conflict did you have, Hillary? It's uh, a good four. question. So Hillary stays at sixty-three. Okay, no, no, no movement. Not, uh, not dropping down to join me in the gutter yet. Well, since Leslie did it, I might as well grab an actual die. I was gonna do the poly roll thing, but. Well, on the physical die, I rolled ten, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't either. I don't. I don't. We're subtracting uh, uh, hi- it. Higher is is better. Yeah. Higher goes up. Okay. All right. So then, uh, Skip would be going to a fifty-six. Nice. Rolling ten minus five for the conflict. Oh golly! All right. Skip at five. Everyone. Wahaha. Okay. So then, yeah, Skip is now at 56. Okay. Still nice and circling that uh, midpoint. Well, we've seen how D1's treating me the last few times, so I am going to follow Leslie's example, and I have a physical die here, hoping will treat me better, because D10s normally like me. Um, ah, I'm dropping it. Cash is currently at three conflict because she tried very, very hard to be good. We're going to see if that effort pays off or if she continues going down. I just realized I had the second most conflict. Go me. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> that actually did pay off. All right. Okay. That's up to 45. I, I, How low had you gone? 38. Oh, golly. Yeah, that's why I was. Um, that's why I wanted to wait till we did this, decide what direction I was taking cash in terms of investing things. Because I was either gonna, at this point in the campaign, I was either gonna lean in one direction or the other. This 
There's paid off. Okay, so 45. Koba can't exactly catch you, but can get really, really close. Is Koba sitting at four? Mm. Conflict. Thank you, D10. So I could potentially drop as low as 46. Yes. Yep. Oh, that's right, because he got a, a thing tonight. Yeah. Mm. But uh, I rolled a six, so compared to my conflict to four, I'm actually going up to, to uh, 51. So you're back in the middle. I mean, I've, I was a 49 before. I've just, I am the same amount in the middle, but on the other side of the middle. <laughs> so you're sitting at what? 51. 51. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm definitely still the lowest, but I, I'm at least, <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling out of my nosedive. You're at what, 44, you just said? Uh, 45 after rolling 45. a 10. <laughs> Koba, 51. Hillary, what are you at? I am apparently at 63. Mm. Oh, boy. The Ronto reps are in front of you. It looks like Walther's getting ready to head in behind the curtain and whatever whatever force weirdness Walther is doing is going to dissipate sometime soon. He's just pulled back the curtain and is almost to go through and then holds up a finger. Oh yes, I do have one final question. Gutch, how has it been carrying around that hollow recording harness since a nice cheddar fan gave it to you when we last met? episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at the Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. I'm on Twitter at Blue of the Ken. You can also find my Star Trek Adventures podcast, which uh, also includes Christine at Endeavor Show. I'm Leslie, Leslie GS. Y'all know by now. I can be found on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's one, two, TH and Night with a K. I'm Ren. You can find me at Ren Apollo on Twitter, or you can find the TTRPG community I help manage at Make Believe Info. We are all at thehydeanway.com, where you can find previous episodes. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. We are also on Facebook as The Hydean Way, and you can holocom us at heroes at thehydeanway.com. If you like what we do and you want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the Hydean way. Or you can send the team some Ronto raps at ko-fi.com slash the Hydean way. I always feel weird when I can't hear the music. <laughs> Does that mean I'm you're going to sing? No, it's not that kind of music. I don't really understand music, I guess. Don't, don't any of you feel weird when you can't hear the music? Why are you all looking at me like... Were, were you once struck violently about the head? <laughs> oh, not not once. Uh, so, so we're back to dropping things. Or beating things. <laughs> it was a nightclub. <laughs> on a regular ray. What were you actually clubbed what, at night? Yeah, I was about to say, where were you beat with? Uh... <laughs> no, strangely, it was around noon. And Is it because it you a... dropped the beat and broke it? Car- carry on, disembodied voice. I, I think I broke Koba. Did I just drop Koba? I think I just dropped the beat on Koba. I think he's broken. Oh. Uh, you would do that to us Pennsylvanians. Hey, I lived in Philly for like two years. I know who that first one is, too. <laughs> you know? Oh, good golly. I wasn't sure Told you I wasn't on my game, up. but I like it. I don't want to meet those people. <laughs> Before? <laughs>
It's, I mean, it's one of the pockets. Skip has a system. It's not just like uh-huh. a disaster pile of rotting shrimp. I just assumed that <laughs> scent was Skip's natural musk. So, so I, at this point, all I can picture is like like the bag of holding. Like just as they keep adding things to it, and eventually it's like, well, what's in here? Oh my! Skip when has did we the pick this up? Deep pockets. It was very clearly elaborated that I have a multitude of pockets and pouches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're. You're putting things that go bad in them now, and shrimp goes bad fast. I know, I put the freeze-dried shrimp in the pocket, not the oh, slimy, okay. like, fresh shrimp. Okay, just cl- clarity is an amazing okay, thing. Okay, okay, okay. No, Skip's not that gross. Beep, <laughs> <laughs> diddy. The best, the best part is that you included the word that. I, I mean, we, we, had, we had a character who would have done that last season, so it's fair. Yeah, fair. Now I have a train that's showing up. Just adding to our further background noise. Cities are <laughs> weird. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. it really is. Uh, yeah. And can you believe that somebody is just honking their horn outside this building? It's ridiculous. Somebody should go slap them. Also, that's not super fair. I mean, the kid did get them back. No, he didn't. The um, the informant did, and the informant was bailing. Scratch that! <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, that's a useful outtake. <laughs> well, since Leslie did it, I might as well grab an actual die. I was going to do the poly roll thing, but... Alright, so yes, Hillary had four conflict, rolled a four, and now... Still at 63. Okay, what, what die is this? I forget. A 10. Uh, D10. 10, okay. I'll just Half of this. your percentile okay. dice. Sorry, I know I got one around here somewhere. We can... You can roll on Discord. Yeah. Uh, I, I could, but if if two people already aren't, then I'm going to join the club. I, I uh, Well, I was, but then I rolled it wrong, so I'm, I am just going to grab the D10. Oh, okay. okay. I don't use a whole lot of tens. There it is. Okay. Uh, it looks like it rolled right. <laughs> no, I actually haven't been writing down our totals. Uh. I haven't been keeping up with that, so I'd have to dig to find what our, our totals right. were previously. Yeah, I, because we ran into that last time, or mm-hmm. the first time. Uh, yeah, I, I've got a running what we were at the last time. Are we going to zero out now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Starting okay, so, next episode, zero. All right. I will update the notes, um, the note notes, so that I yep. have both totals and current tally. So Cash is still the most bad, and Hillary is still the most good. Yeah. We'll see yeah. if we trade places. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I mean, you're going to have to start being I'll a lot all. worse. And I'm gonna ha- my luck's going to have to remain. Mm-hmm. Which... We shall see how things go. Or you can send the team some Ronto raps at ko-fi.com slash the Hydean way. Send us again. Yes, Ronto please. Raps. They look like beautiful street tacos. I've actually had them. Uh, Paul has the, the Star Wars cookbook. They're mm. pretty good. They're pretty good. Not as good right. as the Hutties slime pods, but. the w- Wait, what? <laughs> the Hutties slime pods. You heard me. Huh. I, I did, but. I will it's like clarity. the only avocado-related product I like. Ooh. 